What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25. Molo here from Grunball. Keekly turns that five sideways. Right against down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. With us on the line, we got none other than the 1988 East Coast 125 Supercross, 125 Supercross champion. Goes by the name of Todd DeHoop. Todd, how's it going? Really good. Just getting back from my trip to England, uh, Father Castle for the Vet Des Nations. Um, had a lot of fun. Things went uh, fairly well. We, you know, we did well. Could have done just uh, one better, but you know, had a couple mistakes and a couple uh, bike breakdowns, and you know, things you know things happen. But I think we all felt uh, that we had a good weekend. Such is the reality of, a, of a, a an event like that. Really, really cool event over in England, and it sounds like you were hanging out with mostly American uh, uh, riders because you didn't pick up any type of an accent over that uh, over the week long period that you were out there. Um, to, uh, for those who don't know the event uh, really, really closely, like what what are kind of the ins and outs of it? There's obviously teams just like there are in uh, in the the, the more cross nations, but how does it break down as far as uh, like who rides what and then the motos and uh, there's some guys that take it pretty seriously over there. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone that comes over there takes it pretty serious. It's uh, it's a very it's a very fun event. I think that everyone that goes over has some set goals that they want to accomplish. Um, the event basically breaks down. There's uh, a lot of there's the twin shock um, classes, uh, fifty under, fifty over. Um, there's the Evo classes, there's the Evo designation classes. Um, so there is, there's, uh, 125 classes. There's, there's a multitude of classes. I want to say there's probably, you know, 12 to 14 classes. Um, I ride the 50 under twin shock on a specially prepared Denton Red Rocket 250 in 1980. Um, and then, uh, I ride the, uh, Evo designations class, which is basically, Anything uh, under an 89, year of an 89, basically anything goes under that uh, rule. So um, I actually ride an 86 Honda CR250, uh, uh, Stevie Denton prepared 250. It's uh, basically a works bike. Um, really good bike, uh, really fast, and uh, a lot of the guys ride 500s. Um, a lot of them ride CR500s, KX500s, um, and yeah, I think there's a little bit of you know, there's a little rule bending there. There's a lot of current suspension being run, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of mods. Um, the bikes are extremely radical. You know, there's not you know there's no production or anything like that. So pretty much you know bring what you can, and uh, there's quite a bit of fabrication. And uh, there's extremely trick motorcycles that uh, show up there. I mean, even in the twin shot classes, I mean, there's twenty five thousand dollar Makos that are. Like John Dowd rides a make rides a Mako that is a basically uh, it's it's a museum piece and it's I would say there's it's got to be at least a twenty thousand to twenty five thousand dollar motorcycle and it's it's sixty three 
horsepower to the rear wheel. It's crazy. And so, yeah, it's amazing. So it's, you know, and the bikes over there are, you know, they're extremely high end and a lot of people come over just to basically spectate and check the bikes out. But no, it's a, it's it's a highly anticipated event. People uh, look forward to it every year. It's uh, the uh, entries are sold out every year. You basically got to, hope and pray you you make it in because there's only a limited amount of space and uh there's 56 guys in each class and every one of them's full so it's yeah it's it's a big event track is extremely rough and it's extremely brutal and if it rains it's worse so <laughs> no kidding and it seems like the, the 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 bikes that you see at this particular event are unlike anything you see uh, worldwide. You don't you don't you don't see a collection of vintage bikes uh, and, and the amount of care and the amount of works uh, um, like fabrication done to them in any part of the United States. Why do you think that the the the, the, the Europeans, especially the English, seem to uh, to really uh, have a, a, a the market cornered as far as these Evo bikes and and getting uh, some pretty tr- cool stuff put together for an event like this? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they've they've kind of uh, been in the forefront of getting this this whole series and the setup going. They're they're really strong. The Evo classes over there and and some of the events they have a they have a large amount of events over there that cater to the Evo bikes, Arma bikes. Um, you know, a lot of that going on. There's there's events all year long, and then they're basically they're not just in England; they're all over over there. So, it's uh, it's a very um, strongly participated um, event, and and all the events are are, are big. Um, I think that that caters to everyone producing, um, getting into this aftermarket um, business of of making a bunch of you know trick factory works parts for all these old bikes and you know there's a lot of bikes over there that i've never even seen and a lot of the european bikes that were built over there i mean works bikes and then brands that you never even got to see because they weren't imported into the united states and and uh things that you know show up and you're like what the heck is that thing and you know 125s 80s and 125 chassis and it's just it's amazing i mean there was a there was a complete uh Works. I want to say it was one. Of, I want to say it's either a 2016 or 17 Suzuki RM chassis with a full air-cooled RM 400 motor setup in it. It was all specially done up with an, an old. I don't want to say 70 mid 70s, late 70s RM 400 um, engine, and it's all done in a current chassis. And I mean, it's just you know exotics. You know, extremely you know professionally done, well done uh, bikes that. You would never see, and it's you know, and it, that that's the big thing over there. It caters to these guys in, in this event. No doubt. And uh, like, what what bike were you like? What bikes were you uh, piloting while you were over there? And uh, what what, what uh, were you actually able to do with them to kind of set them up better for you once you got there? Like, uh, are, are the the owners of the bikes pretty particular about about changing things, or are you able to uh, kind of move the bars and levers and, and and change a few things as to how you might like them? Well, Den Engineering, they are the premier builders of a lot of uh, works um, parts for um, basically Red Rocket, basically the older CR Elsinore, um, 1980, 79, 250s, up to um, more current models of um, the early 90s, mid-90s, 
they build a lot of specially fabricated um, chassis parts, titanium, <coughs> excuse me, um, a lot of parts that basically, you know, lowering links and just, you know, basically anything and everything you could think of that would update and bring the bike more current and, or in the restoration project where you are, you know, you, you can't find a part and they'll build it. Uh, Stevie then, you know, they have a full, a full setup there where they can, they basically can build whatever you want and then fabricate. They build carbon fiber air boxes, um, carbon fiber silencers, um, everything. They, they basically build the lower links, anything you can think of. Um, and that's their main business. They build exotics and they built my bikes. Um, like I said, I rode the 1980, um, CR250 Red Rocket and, um, it's, you know, it's got the Fox shocks on it and especially, you know, handmade swing arm and everything is, is basically handmade and, and, uh, the bike is all set up with, you know, titanium and carbon fiber engine mounts and it's, it's very exotic, very light, um, and, and, and very fast. I mean, it comes off, I mean, it's very, it's, it's comparable to riding, you know, against these guys. I mean, let a riding 490 Makos, it's, it's as fast and, and my my lap times were, you know, I had the fastest lap time. So, um, really, really good bike. And uh, then in uh, the Evo class, I ride the 86 CR250. Basically, it's a works bike. And uh, That's I was good riding bike. against. Yeah, I mean, that's a really. I actually have a, a duplicate myself. I built one in the United States that has all the works parts on it. And uh, I ride that locally. Um, that's a very good bike. Very fast, handles really good. Only thing that's um, the downfall on that year was obviously that was the last year of the drum brake, and uh, yeah, on the back. And getting used to that going into the corners is is a little tough because you're so used to precise braking with uh, disc brake uh, going into corners, and uh, obviously having you know brake fade after a certain amount of time, you know your your pads. Uh, your shoes start to heat up and then uh, they fade off and it, it actually there's a plus and a negative one obviously you're you're losing braking two you're going faster than into the corner <laughs> that you really didn't want to go faster into but it, it calculates out to actually going faster on the track but uh yeah i mean it's uh it's amazing um i actually was uh fast in the evo class i was actually uh fastest um lap time and time practice until about the fourth lap i I had some bike issues. Um, I've run a lot of titanium, and we had a little. Uh, we had some some bolts come loose, and so I ended up third fastest. Um, uh, let's see, Neville Bradshaw, who's actually on the current. Uh, I think he's uh, either the um, England or South African current motocross designations team in a couple oh, weeks geez. or in a week. He's uh, on that <laughs> team, and and then uh, Kurt Nicole was uh, second. And then I was third, um, and then Mike Brown was fourth. But, um, no, I felt good. I mean, and those guys were like Mike Brown was riding a 510, and those guys were riding 500. So, you know, my speed was good. I just had a, you know, and, I, and that was only after three and a half laps. So if I would have had, I mean, we got six laps. If I could have had a couple more laps to get used to the track and the bike, I think I could have put down the fastest lap time. But, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, it's just what it is. You know, I had a, a few issues, and, and uh it felt you know the bike was really good the bike is really fast um has a little bit of motor work done to it pro circuit pipe and you know it, it's it's good it's a great bike and uh works really well so really happy with it and my bike here is the same and so you get more practice on it and hopefully for next year we'll, we'll put down some hot laps and be right up front so 
No kidding. And uh, uh, keep keeping in mind, uh, Todd, that you are keeping up to guys who, uh, who as recently as three months ago, were racing in uh, Canadian Nationals and doing quite well. So, uh, um, and I think you might be one of the, uh, you, I think you might be one of the oldest guys on the team. So, uh, uh, a much deserved pat on the back for that, my friend. Actually, I'm like the almost the youngest because uh, really? brownies, brownies, yeah. Because actually, you got. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty. I don't know if Dowd is older than Dubak, but um, it's, I think it's close. I mean, I think Dowd is actually the oldest, and then okay. Dubak. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure one of the two are going to be pissed at me about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then I'm third because I'm I'm still 49, and then uh, next year I'll be 50, and then uh, Brown is I want to say 47, 48. <clears throat> Yeah, it's amazing to think that that guy's he's he's that old and uh, basically stopped racing like pro nationals uh, in like on a regular basis back in 2010. Yeah, I know he's like. (laughs) I think all of I think I think all of our speed is. I think we're all still very fast. I mean, I know that when I ride with those guys over there, I mean everyone in the top 20 over there is still, I mean, you know, like Neville, I mean, he's, you know, he's current pro speed. I mean, he's running with the current pros and, and he's extremely fast and, and Kurt's still extremely smooth and fast. And I think it's, you know, just, he's has so so much finesse on the track and he puts down such a good lap time just because he knows how to, how to uh, massage the track and, and make lines that are very, time sensitive and, and, you know, makes, you know, really good decisions. So he's very precise and, and really cuts a good lap time. So, so when you're over there, obviously you were riding some very uh, well-appointed motorcycles, but did you see any that you would have just absolutely dreamt of, uh, of throwing a leg over maybe even a, uh, uh, a well-appointed 1988 RM125 sitting there somewhere? You know, there, I have not yet, I have not yet seen, uh, uh, 88 RMO 25 contested since I've been going over there. It's not, I mean, actually, um, there was one guy that was, I think I was, I want to say he was maybe running in 85 or 86. Mm-hmm. And actually he did really well. Um, and, um, he, I mean, he was right up there. He won quite a few motos and, uh, I, I don't know if he had the overall or not. There was him battling before back and forth between the guy that had an 86 YZ125 that was really good. Um, but uh, he did very well, and uh, he put in some some good motos. Um, but other than that, and you'll see some maybe 84, 85 RM250s, but I've yet to see an 88 RM250 or 88 RM125 being contested. So it's I've seen some 89s and some 90s, uh, or 89s and uh, right around there, but nothing nothing newer than that, so. It's kind of hard for them to, to, unless you get frame numbers and it has someone that can actually run VINs from 89 up to basically 92, who knows what you're running. So, I mean, you could be cheating running an 80 or 92, say it's an 89, because they look the same. So, Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. 
FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EBO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, talon and kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did, and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA. All things weeks. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. 
Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market, from supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral Brand. That's very true, and uh, but well, maybe maybe someone over there will hear this and uh, and get inspired, and next time you head over, there'll be uh, uh, a number thirty-seven sitting there uh, looking way too pretty. Um, what, what would you say is uh, like what what makes you want to keep coming back to this event every single year? Because as it is a very serious event, it's got to be a pretty fun event that it, as well. So, what are some of the things that make you want to keep coming back to this? Well, I think the number one thing for me is the basically the the fellowship and the camaraderie of all your you know your former your former uh, colleagues and and just the people that were riding during your heyday and you get to basically reminisce, sit down and talk and and have a great time just enjoying listening to all the stories of what you did in the past and. You know, and just enjoying riding with them again, and and talking about what's happening uh, currently, and just being able to, you know, talk with all these people and do that for you know four or five days. I mean, it's it's about the biggest blast you can have because you're just going back and you're talking about twenty, thirty years of racing that you did, and and uh, it's it's amazing to be able to do that, and and. Uh, you know, have a great time riding and racing with them again for a full weekend. It, uh, it really brings a smile to your face. And I, and I know the people that come to watch, the spectators, they enjoy it. They enjoy, you know, being able to, to basically, I mean, it's very, everyone's very approachable. You can come and, and sit down and, and talk with people and, and it's, uh, it's expected. And, uh, I know I enjoy it when people want to come and, and just discuss whatever. I got to meet some really cool people this year. It's, uh, I mean, I got to meet Sam Sutherland, who won the Paris Dakar. Um, I mean, that guy's, you know, you know, incredible. You know, the talent that he has for for doing that is amazing. Um, super, super nice guy. Um, was sitting, you know, at the track, and I was really surprised. Uh, actually, uh, Zach Osborne was there and hanging out watching, and uh, I sat and talked with him for you know 45 minutes, and and uh, it was amazing to me that he even knew who I was, you know, because. You know, we're we're getting up there. I mean, I won my championship thirty over thirty years ago in the one twenty five class and you know, I was a you know, consistent top you know, top five, top ten guy through my career and uh you know, I was, you know, eighteen, twenty years long, but you know, you don't think as you get older these guys they keep turning over and a lot of guys are retiring and you know, the newer guys coming in, they don't know a lot about the history of the sport and so it's it's kind of a bummer, but and then when you meet someone that has knowledge and knows history of our sport, it's it's very refreshing. 
No kidding. A guy that, a guy that remembers and a guy that's uh, uh, just, I, I feel like uh, a good knowledge of, of the, the history of motocross uh, really allows you to uh, just to appreciate the sport where it's come from and uh, just like the, the guys who have paid, paved the way and the guys that, uh, um, that, that worked hard to get those, those sponsorships that eventually those became like kind of the, the stalwart like supporters of the sport or uh, created almost like a uh, uh, um, uh, uh, like a busy, a rule of thumb as to how much is is to be expected for a goggle deal or a tire deal or, or a gear deal. Uh, you guys paved the way for that, and I think that that's uh, uh, something that is not to uh, is not easily forgotten. And I think that a lot of uh, younger riders uh, could definitely ben- benefit from that. Um, like this is, I believe, your third year going to the event. Yeah, this was my third year. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I've been invited back for for next year, and that'll be the tenth anniversary, and I'm sure it'll be it's gonna be gonna be a big deal. So well, I'm gonna have to go over and take some pictures or something like that. I, I gotta find a way to see if we, if Canada wants to uh, wants to, to 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 send me this thing or something, or maybe I'll just go on my own and, and take some photos. This is way too cool of an event. Maybe you have to circle, yeah, circle it I, on the calendar and and and, and take my dad out there. I honestly, you know, I, I basically, I always say to people, you should plan. If you're going to, if you're an avid motorcycle enthusiast of old motocross or just motocross in general, uh, you should plan a vacation around it. You know, you can see some, I mean, things over there are very, very close together. If you want to go to Paris, it's a, you know, a few hours away. If you want to go to Ireland, it's a few hours away. I mean, London's beautiful, but, I mean, you're two and a half hours from London, outside of London, Farley Castle, beautiful castles right there. But I mean, the the events, uh, the prestige, the people it brings in. Um, plan a vacation around it. Come see, you know, your favorite sport, and then get to you know appease your wife and take her or your kids or whatever. Take them here and there around the country and uh, you know, kill kill uh, two birds with one stone. And it's it's amazing. I mean, people love it. Absolutely, get that uh, get that motorcycle fixed and get the get a family vacation out of it. it sounds like an awesome plan. Um, speaking of, uh, of of another awesome thing, the fact that you yourself, uh, I think you, you do take it very seriously to be red, white, and blue. And uh, a couple of companies helped you do so with uh, Bell Helmets hooking up with the, uh, with some helmets to head over there with. You're looking good in the Fox gear as well as the uh, the TCX boots. Uh, tell me a little bit about how those those uh, those supporters uh, make sure that you're looking fresh on race day and uh frankly practice day as well yeah you know i i I don't know i get quite a bit of i get quite a bit of black for running the red white blue Uh, i'm pretty patriotic i'm pretty diehard american and uh uh, you know for me it's uh, i run it pretty much non-stop my bikes are generally red white blue my Kawasaki for the last couple of years has always been red white blue people are like you know is it a Yamaha no it's Kawasaki but uh you know, for me, you know, it's an honor to be able to represent our country. Um, it's an honor just to be thought of for being able to do it. And, uh, you know, all the people that have put forth their lives and everything they've done for us to put our country where it is, it's an amazing feat that I could even go out and do it. And, um, I, you know, for me, I, Fox, they're an incredible company. They Their technology into the sport and what they do with, Motocross gear is, you know, by far as, as good as I've seen. Uh, and uh, Bell Helmets, number one helmet on the market, incredible, incredibly comfortable, and uh, very lightweight. And you, you just, when you're riding it, you feel safe. 
you're out there and you're, you're putting down the lap times and you're never questioning your equipment. It's the same with the TCX boots, super comfortable. And I actually wore Fox Instincts before, and then TCX, yeah. you know, they talked about, uh, you know, doing some uh, some work with me. And, uh, you know, after putting the TCX boots on, I was, you know, they're made in Italy, and I was very, I was very impressed with the quality and, and what they do as as a company with a boot. And it's, uh, you know, they're on par with the Fox boots. And it's it's hard to say that, you know, being Fox is a, is a really good sponsor, but you know, there's people that you know are not always going to buy Fox boot. They got they're looking for alternatives, and uh, the TCX boot is it's extremely good, and it's very comfortable, and it's uh, very protective. So you can you can buy them brand new, step right into them, and you're good to go. You don't even have to break them in. So yeah, actually, that is one of the things that I really liked about. Uh, like, I guess you could say that I wore a, p- a pair of TCX boots because they actually made the boot that uh, was what ended up being the the, the Fly uh, Spectre, a Spectrum uh, boot that uh, that came out with uh, about two years ago. Uh, I got a set of those boots from Fly, which of course the boot was it was the the Fly Spectre uh, powered by TCX. So for all intents and purposes, it was a TCX boot uh, from the moment you put it on. And I think this is probably one of the reasons why you liked them so much is that it had a very like it, it's broken in from the moment you put it on, and it stays that way. It stays very consistent, and it's uh, it's not as rigid, not as uh, you don't have that dead feeling in your foot uh, that uh, that you have with uh, some of the modern boots, which I'm sure is something that you probably reminisce about with the fact that a lot of the boots that you would have worn back in uh, the late '80s, early to uh, early '90s, some of the, like the Axo boots and stuff like that, that uh, had a lot of ankle flexion and maybe not as much protection uh, like uh, built into it, but that that feeling and that that connection to the motorcycle uh, was there. And now you have that same feeling with the TCX boot, but you now have that feeling plus. Uh, a, a, a whole lot more protection than you ever had with some of the uh, the boots of yesteryear. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, you know they've incorporated incorporated that uh, the new Michelin sole. And you know, like anybody knows, a Michelin tire is you know top top of the line. And <clears throat> you get that material, especially uh, especially designed material that Michelin comes out with, and they're incorporating that into their boots. And you know, so it's a very tacky, spongy material that really. It really soaks up a lot of that uh, the giant riding that you are out on the bike doing. So it's you know it, it incorporates into once again a lot more comfortable ride and uh, you know it's all that stuff adds up to you being comfortable on the bike and and going faster. So. Well, there you go, my friend. Um... Todd, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. Uh, we're not done with you just yet, but uh, uh, like, what's on the, the schedule coming up? What, ha- what do people have to look forward to seeing you uh, uh, to doing with, with uh, the sport of motocross? Obviously, you're always posting on Instagram at uh, Todd Hoop. Um, where, where, where can like first of all, like, what, like what's going on uh, going forward, and where can people find you on social media? Well, right now we're. Uh trying to get ready we got a race this weekend at big air it's uh the end of the season for for that track and then uh we'll have a couple races coming up uh that will be at red Bub. we'll have the uh the uh grass race coming up in october which is always a lot of fun they run uh, a different part of the track it's uh, basically all natural um tim ritchie goes out there and basically changes the track every year it's uh all on the grass naturally on the side so you're not running except for the starting line and the drop boy ski jump you're basically just running all natural track you know and it's all grass and it's really slippery at first but man it's a lot of fun have a lot of really cool things uh pit bike races and stuff like that so some you know it's a really good event so we'll be hitting that up 
Um, I'm hoping to maybe find someone that uh, maybe can help me out with a bike at uh, the World Vet out in California. I'd like to really go out there and, and do it. Um, I got, uh, you know, I have a strong interest. I've, I used to live in San Bernardino and put some time out on Glen Helen and uh, like to go out there and see how I could do against uh, against those guys. Uh, they're they're fast. I know that Kurt Nicole and and uh, Doug Dubach and and uh, all those guys they. They get to ride there a lot, so I might be at a little bit of a disadvantage, but I'd like to at least go out there and see see what I could do and, and uh, have a lot of fun doing it. Well, no doubt. We'll, like, uh, we'll have to keep, keep posts on whether or not you're able to do that in about uh, five, six weeks' time. But uh, best of luck to you at the uh, at the, the Big Air this weekend. I believe you will be riding the uh, uh, very works uh, Michael Arocco uh, KX500. That thing is a thing of beauty, and it looks pretty good with the 25 on it. Yeah, uh, it's an 89 uh, KX500 uh, X Micro Rocco bike, and uh, really good, really fast, uh, and uh, fun to ride. Um, you can put some pretty hard lap times on it. You just got to hold on. It's got a lot of power, and uh, like any of the guys know from the past, that KX500 was a beast, and uh, it's like riding a, riding a big, wide truck. It's just uh, it's a large motorcycle, and it's fun to ride, and you just got to be very respectful to it because it will throw you off at any time, but no, it's... Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy. You know, I enjoy riding the old, the old motorcycles. I, I shouldn't say old; they're they're actually part of my time. So I guess that dates me too. But still, it's a ton of fun to get out there and just put the laps in and consistently uh, show my uh, my old riding skills and uh, and perform for my sponsors and you know get their equipment out there and show people uh, how well it works and uh, and just have a good time. Ah, and, and you do prove that it works quite well, my friend. Uh, for 47 years old, you twil- still twist the throttle like you're uh, you're in your mid uh, mid 20s, or maybe you say late teens, because uh, I just did some quick head math. And uh, with you being, you said 47 years old. No, I'm Brown's 47. I'm 49. I got, I'm, I'll be 50 in July. So. Okay, so like, well, fair enough. Like, so uh, around the calendar again, you'll be 50 years old. But uh, uh, for, <clears throat> 49 years old, uh, you you won your championship uh, at the tender age of only 20 years old. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, for me, you know, back then, they, which I don't see a ton of now, is I won my championship. I got third, third in uh, 87. <clears throat> and then in 88, I won the championship, and then AMA forced me to move up right away. So yeah. there's a lot of, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know the reasoning behind what they do, but I think uh, the, the reason I think a lot of the, there's not a lot of top guys in the elite class is because there's a lot of people still in the 250F class and uh, the lights class. And I think if they were to move uh, maybe a little bit more, uh, progressively a little bit quicker to the to the the main class you know we'd have a stronger field and then make a little bit more uh room for more guys coming up but uh i think you're going to see a little bit more of that in the future here because obviously i think uh mxgp is uh doing some some uh, good things over there by having the emx classes with the 250 and the 125 and, and obviously producing a lot of young riders progressing quickly and i think you know with the Jeffrey Hellings coming over and kind of setting a precedent on his speed. And obviously, you know, he's a fast guy, but you look at a, a Caroli who beats him consistently every, every weekend. Um, I think that shows you, I think my honest opinion, I think if you took the top seven or eight guys in MXGP and brought them over here, I think, uh, I think they would open some eyes dramatically just because, 
their pronounced uh, schedule is outdoor motocross. They excel at it. They practice at it. They they eat it, breathe it, sleep it. And oh, yeah. obviously over here for us, we're more dedicated to Supercross. I, I understand you're bringing in dollars for TV. I understand people like to come and sit in the stands. Supercross is great. I won my championship in Supercross. But diehard motocross is outdoor motocross. And without it, you know, the sport, I, I don't think it, it stands. So um, I think them being so diehard motocross over there and, and being so, you know, on it all the time, I think that really is setting a precedent for them being so good all the time when it comes to those designations and everything else. Um, I think that uh, we have a strong team. I think Covington is an excellent rider. Uh, obviously, Zach is really good right now. Um, I think uh, Thomas Covington is going to open some eyes, which he should have already because, I mean, he's an American over there and he's, you know, he's, he's kicking people's butt. Um, Cole Seeley's I mean, he's he's a strong rider across the board, period. I mean, he's a great rider. He's very consistent. And then I think he's going to rise to the occasion and, and do very well. Um, so I, I would be I would be very surprised if, if we don't have a very good chance of, of uh, winning uh, winning this year. So, I mean, those guys are really good. The track they're riding on is going to favor. I think it's going to favor them because, number one, Covington has time on it. Zach has time on it. Cole Seeley is the only person that doesn't have time on it. But I've watched the track. I've looked at it on YouTube and stuff like that. I think it's very similar to a thing like Redbud, Millville, things like that. Um, uphills, downhills, you know, similar situation. So um, I think we're going to do do well. And uh, I, I would uh, I, I would hope people open their eyes a little bit on how well the Europeans are because they are extremely good. Um, and I've always known that because I rode the GPs in the 90s, and I, I knew they were fast then. So, yeah. It's incredible, and I'm, I mean, I'm an avid guy of the sport, and I love it, and I, I, you know, I still eat, sleep, breathe uh, motocross and supercross. So, hey, man, I love it. I love the passion that you talk about the sport with, and uh, you continue to do so, and that's why we always keep keep coming, having you back on the the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by FMF. Um, Todd, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. We'll call you up again sometime soon. Maybe if you're able to go out to that uh, Vet World Championships, we'll get the, your full thoughts on that. Uh, maybe even at the event itself, hopefully I'm there as well. So, uh, um, But uh, as always, really appreciate the time. Don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, once again, thanks to all my sponsors. Uh, they, you know, without without all those people that are behind me, uh, I couldn't do it. Especially, you know, Steve Denton and uh, Evo MX, uh, Frank from Evo, Premier, uh, Premier guy, and uh, you know, Fox Power Sports, which is my local sponsor. They take care of me. They're great and uh, incredibly good dealership, and uh, really involved in the sport and all sports in general. So, you know, Sky USA, TCX Boots, Dunlop Tires. Um, Yoshimura, uh, and I say them because they, they do great things for me back home. Um, you know, Renthal handlebars, you know, you can't do the bike straight without great bars, and uh, they, they do a great job, and uh, I'm really happy to, to be running them, and it gives you confidence on the motorcycle. So, once again, Brad, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon. Definitely, my friend. And I'm sure that uh, Dave Analock at uh, Tough Racing probably gets you some new plastics all the time because that. Uh, yeah, you have always, you yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's always been good to me. He's a great guy, and uh, throughout our history, he's uh, he's always had my back. So 
yeah, he's he's a great guy also. So that's awesome, man. Well, yeah, like I said, appreciate the time, my friend. We'll let you go right here. All right, thank you. See ya.